everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast here on this Victory Sunday, a day before Labor Day. Hope everybody has a long, fun, and safe weekend. We are here to recap the win that was last night, kicking off this 2023 campaign as we would have liked to happen. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it was a really fun game yesterday. It was a a great lead up. Hope everybody enjoyed our preview for Austin P. Um, even the final box score, the final score itself, wasn't really indicative of how it actually went. There was a lot of garbage time action um, that Austin P. took advantage of, but it was just a dominant win from really beginning to I'd say halfway through the you know start of the fourth quarter, maybe I guess at the end of the third. It was a dominant win for the Dogs, Noah, to get us to one and zero. What's going on? Yeah, definitely the. Right from the get-go, defensively, I mean, they started the season how you wanted to, and the offense um, took a little bit. Um, but once the second quarter got there, I feel like the offense just started to roll. So, um, yeah, it was a great start. Um, Austin P. I mean, still a pretty good football team, but the, our defense is just as as I advertised and uh, showed out and just made it so much easier for our offense to score. And uh, we're going to dive into it. Yeah, that was definitely the biggest thing from this game was how great the defense looked, and we'll dive into it for the most part, kind of like we always do. We won't go as detailed because it was one of those kinds of games, but, you know, typical kind of stuff. We'll, you know, through the game, we'll get our, like, uh, our post-dogs of the game and stuff like that we'll get into here shortly. Um, you know, we typically did the the usual stuff. We eat at bandanas before. When we get there early. We got a bobblehead. There were you know, there was a lot of people. We aren't sure what the tailgating scene was on the far side, but we had an over 8,000 attendance, which is kind of what we predicted. I think we predicted probably 7,000 to 10,000 or whatever we said on the last one. So a great first crowd. The home side definitely filled up. Dog Pound did a good job. And a lot of people, you know, we sat in our usual kind of area and a lot of people showed up. We saw a lot of, um, which that's what we'll dive into here. No, there's only a couple that we've seen so far. Uh, we won't dive into the commits this time because we want to keep ironing out some more information through the week before we come to you guys on Thursday of this next week to uh, to preview the NIU um, Huskies who had a big win yesterday. We'll dive into that shortly after this too. But Noah, quickly, just because like I said, we kind of we like to spot some things, and I'll dive into it once we get to the to the preview itself. But um, we did see a couple. We always look for some lanyards, and we saw a lot of lanyards. There was a whole football team you could dive into that we saw that was at least in attendance. And then after the fact, again, we saw a couple of players with lanyards and a, definitely one notable one because he knows somebody on the team pretty well. Yeah, there was a lot of the, the team you're talking about was Pickneyville, the local team. Um, did not see the three-star tight end that's committed to Illinois um, there with them, but um, it's always it's always cool seeing the local teams. I think there's some Carterville kids there too, um, so always good to see the local guys getting to come out and get the experience. But um, a lot of specialists we've been talking about. We talked about two that could have been there this weekend. One of them was um, Tyler Antle. Um, talked to about him on the preview, uh, a punter from out in Kansas. Um, he was there. Took a picture with a. Nathan Frame, which is one of the newer assistants I think we hired for special teams. Uh, haven't mentioned him a lot, so um, looks like he's doing a good job inviting specialists out. Um, Coach McGraw got a picture with another kicker from out in Kansas, um, Sam Parks. Um, he's a 2024 kid. He's really good. Um, 
his 2022 stats was 31 of 32 from PAT, 5 of 6 from field goals. He had a long of 50 last season. Then I seen on his Twitter the other night, he was 6 of 6 from extra points, two field goals from 49 and 51. So we're out in Kansas looking for kicker. Obviously, Jake missed another one last night, but he was he was on point from extra points. So um, there's a couple other ones, and obviously the big one we have his brother on the team and Reed Chan and Ryan Chanley, but Reed Chanley, a four and a half star kicker slash punter, he's been on visits. We talked about the Georgia Tech and stuff like that, but he made a visit, took a pick with his brother. So I mean, we've yet to offer him. I think he's probably just up here on a see his brother play and stuff like that, but um, he'd be a steal if we could steal him. Yeah, we, we've always known we're not sure our like status and chance on Reed because he is getting up there. He's getting the bigger offers. But we always thought we could have a glimmer of a chance just because his brother's here, and that'd be awesome. And he obviously saw a good game. We've said that once these guys come to these games, we want to make sure it's a really good game and that they saw to kick this one off. But yeah, and even Sam Parkson and the just – glute of kickers and punters that again and we'll dive into you know obviously special teams had a had a solid day all around honestly for the most part and we talked about how if we're recruiting a lot of guys that it means there's a ticker for some of our current specialists on the team so it's just something to monitor in the future so it's just interesting those are the only real ones we know about and you're right we do have that new coach that's on we saw him the other day so yeah um, helping uh, coach McGraw out with special teams because we know how Important it is, and obviously, yeah, he's a good recruiter, so that's a good sign. Um, so those we want to kick off with that. Um, now, Noah, just let's, I say breeze, but obviously we talked on Friday about the games up to that point. And we previewed the games for Saturday. Let's go around the FBS, FCS, and then the Missouri Valley about some games, and clearly you can – we'll dive into a couple games that are, are next to opponents and how they did. Yeah, just start out with our next two opponents, obviously – um, the big one next week, Northern Illinois, they took a trip out to Boston College and played an ACC opponent. Um, and it took over time. They, they had a pretty – they had a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, but Boston College made it interesting and forced it to OT. But um, Northern Illinois gets a win on the road. Um, that's a big-time win for them out of the MAC. I mean, they're going to be ready. Got two 1-0 teams next week in a face-off, so – that's a big win. Rocky Lombardi was pretty good in um, the run game. So big win for Northern Illinois to start the year. And then the other one, SEMO went on the road to play Kansas State like we did a couple years ago. And they didn't score, so not good for them. Uh, Kansas State, obviously, the program they, they are today isn't what they were two years ago. But Sam Howard, who we saw come in that game for Thompson and that one, 45 nothing loss for SEMO. DeLorient was – Okay, I mean, 24-36 for 213, but their run game just in the trenches, they just got destroyed. I mean, they had, as a team, 26 attempts for six yards rushing. I mean, that's a lot of sacks probably. Um, but Geno Hess, the All-American, who gives us fits every time, but 10 attempts for negative four yards for him. So not a good day for Simo. Yeah, it doesn't appear that they turned the ball over either. It was just a matter of Kansas State just being – way better and you're right it seems like Gino has like he's had a, a phenomenal career but he only really does the elite best against us that's not 100 percent true but yeah 10 carries for negative four yards couldn't get anything yeah we know Kansas State's ranked 16th in the country they are better than what they were two years ago yeah and we were 
saying because we were following it during our game and saying, well, I don't think we would have gone scoreless, but very well could. That's just how good Kansas State's going to be. They'll be competing for a Big 12 championship again. So um, that is unfortunate how, you, you know, you can't score. But, again, the, the competition these days, it, it can be tough. That was a tough first game for them. And they'll carry on the momentum. They'll have a chip on their shoulder. They get Lindenwood next. We'll dive into that again next week. But we'll see them in two weeks. And you mentioned NIU, a huge win. Yeah, they, they had a big lead. I actually saw a play the other – I'm sure you saw it too. Their Boston College's quarterback ran back like 30 yards on a play, running away from the defense. It was like – it was fourth down, and he ended up finding the guy uh, for a first on one of those drives, and, yeah, it took overtime. But a shout-out to the Huskies for getting it done, you know, just – on that play, exactly when they were running, when they were chasing them down, they had some just massive dudes that we'll dive into. They are just they're going to be better than we think. Clearly, that's a good start. Boston College isn't great, but NIU I think is going to have a better year than what people expected. Who knows? We'll dive into their schedule and stuff too. But it'll be tough for us next week, as we know. So those what those two teams are doing. I mean, Noah, is there been any other notable you know games on Saturday that stick out of who won, who lost, who dominated, and so on? Yeah, just some stuff around the conference. Obviously, we talked about what happened on Thursday. Eastern shut out Indiana State. Obviously, Youngstown took care of Valpo. South Dakota State took care of Western Oregon. And South Dakota took a loss to Missouri. But once we got off here Friday, it was uh, Kansas who played Missouri State. And Missouri State, pretty good first half. I mean, it was only 17, uh, 17-10 at halftime Kansas led. But um, just a 31-7 second half just – 48-17 loss from Missouri State. Um, two picks by their quarterback. Their, Jacob Clark's their new quarterback, a 6'5 sophomore. So, interesting. Jacardia Wright, their running back, who gives us fits as well. 15 attempts for 23 yards. So, running backs getting shut down against FBS opponents and just other other teams. Illinois State shut out Dayton, 41-0. Big win for them. They have Cole Mueller back, who missed all of last year. Um, that game, that rough second half up there could have been a lot different last year up there with Cole Mueller. Um, North Dakota State handled business in their neutral site game against Eastern Washington, 35-10. North Dakota, 55-7 win over Drake. Um, then Jerry Kill took care of Western Illinois, 58-21. Then the big one, which is a very disappointing one, Iowa State beat UNI 30-9. I knew a lot of money was coming in um, on UNI for gambling purposes, but Theo Day, I'm really high on him, but he had a rough day. 16 of 34 for 164, one touchdown, two interceptions. Iowa State probably heard all the chatter about potential upsets there, and they took a pair, took care of business. Yeah, that, that was shocking because we were following everybody on Twitter. As you said, everybody was betting it, and everyone was saying they couldn't move the ball or anything. And it, it definitely is a surprise. You're right, the money dropped almost 10 points, to, or the spread did with the money and everything. So. Yeah, they, you're right. They must have found that out and just just put the pedal to the metal. They they faced off so many times, and this one had the makings that you and I could have got it done. But yeah, a 21-3 touchdown defeat. That is unfortunate. So overall, this week, um, I had it here. FCS went 0-42 against the FBS this week, which is really shocking. I don't know. That's clearly happened so many times historically. Maybe not last year, clearly we did it, but it was in a certain week, 42 losses. It's kind of crazy. We'll see what it can be next week if we can, you know, be one of those teams to to get a win. But that was a shocking stat. I feel like I wanted to add for sure to this. So just in terms of obviously it doesn't matter until games start of who um, who is undefeated and who is not so far. Clearly, you mentioned yeah, Murray got a win too. Some of those bottom teams we thought Western had a chance 
in their game, but um, all for naught. And then, so yeah, there's, I mean, it's at seven one and oh teams and five oh and one teams where we stand before we play conference games in a couple weeks. So that's where all the games stand before this. No, now let's just let's jump into this recap. Um, you know, at first we always try to narrow down what happens. Clearly, it was a you know, like I said, it was a it was a win we had for pretty much beginning to end until they put their foot on the gas near the end. Whenever we got a lot of our true freshmen and young guys in the game, we'll get to that at some point. In a twenty-six point win, forty-nine to twenty-three, uh, we predicted before the spread would probably be around. Like seven and a half to ten and a half. No, what was it? It was around six and a half, seven and a half, wasn't it? It was a seven and a half to start the game. And that we thought that was reasonable at the time. We didn't know how, you know, the vibes were good. You know, you always have that one feeling of you don't want to be disappointed if things just come out slow. And we'll get to that. The first quarter was very slow, but no, we did notice some things before the game, like we always do. I noticed on around three o'clock when they do the uh, um, when they do the Saluki Row, you know, pregame stuff before. Luke Martin was on there first, and he was talking about all the veterans and everything. And he did say, because I didn't mention you at the time, I just forgot. I did hear him say that, you know, he was talking about Dante Cleveland and saying, oh, we won't see him today. But, and then he went on from that. And then I, you know, like I said, I heard it for a second, wasn't sure. And that was the case. Dante Cleveland did not play. Luke said on the radio later on, it was a foot injury. They do expect him back for week two next week. So that's, that's good. Uh, clearly it was a game. He didn't need him. We'll talk, you know, they did different all times of schemes and what they did up front in this game. The guy who replaced him did a pretty good job at it. Um, so we'll see Dante next week. Um, no, we did notice clearly it was a it was the waiver game. Didn't get anybody. Noah Finsky, James Caesar, Noah Marcelo Mendiola, they all had their jersey on, but clearly no pads did not play, um, which is unfortunate. And you know, we were able to talk to them after the game and ask all of them if we'll see them next week or ask two of them if we'll see them next week. They weren't sure. They were hoping that'll be the case. So we'll keep an eye out for that. It's unfortunate, of course. Noah, we mentioned Adam Hundemer a couple weeks or a week or so ago. We did notice him on the sidelines. We saw a lot of alumni there. Avante was there. Big Z was there. Jacob Garrett, of course, all reliable, was there. Chucky Sullivan, Calvin Francis, who's been around since he's, you know, kind of phased out as a player. Uh, but no, Adam Hundemer, and it's we saw him on the field. It's like we didn't know if he's out of eligibility, if he retired like John Walmer did or, you know, something like that. But we did see him, which was interesting. We're thinking, you know, we would like to have pads um, on or, you know, for him in this game. But, no, you, you, you said the defense right away and they got the ball to start. Or we, we got the, the uh, kickoff and we deferred to the second half. No, the defense was up first. That's just the main takeaway of this. That was definitely the first quarter, but for sure the entire game how great the defense was knowing throughout that first quarter, we had a couple of takeaways. One in particular of a guy that we definitely, um, you know, foreshadowed having a good year for us. And he was off to a good start. What were your initial takeaways of that first quarter? Like led by the defense, but we'll dive into him. Nick Baker and the whole offense was a little shaky, even though they did put some points on the board. Yeah. I mean, even, even before the defense got on the field, I, I talked about in the preview about um, how dangerous, Cam Thomas was in special or on on special teams in the return game, and Thomas Burks, um, first one he he didn't put him in the back of the end zone. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Um, but the coverage team was unreal last night, just flying down. They Coach Hill talked about they're going to see a lot of starters on special teams. We saw Zach Barola, we saw Dre Newman, we saw the Bogles, we saw everybody. PJ, yeah, a lot of guys out there 
that are coverage, and it, it, it worked out. I mean, the special teams is great. Then once the defense got on the field, I mean, we just suffocated them. And really, I mean, if you want to the run, they had no run game. They tried some tempo. It did not work. I mean, really good job by everybody. Bohannik, I mean, we we heard his name right away. I mean, first play, they tried to run up the middle, and there he was meeting the guy. Um, we started with three down linemen, went to a little three, uh, three, four right there with PJ coming down in the box. So it was really cool to see this defense. We know last couple of years, we've heard a lot of talk about how good defense this defense could be. And we haven't really seen it right out of the gates, but this defense knows there's something special about this team. And they right away, I mean, Austin P had to call a timeout. They thought they were going to try to go for it, but um, we got to see Dayton Mitchell right away and fair catch machine, always safe about it, knows what he's doing back there. Yeah, we and that was something that we took away was he was there right away. It's even guys we were talking about that I did have on here that Jalen Reed, you know, we we want him back there, but we do trust Dayton, so it's fine. Jalen Reed did dress. He did play. He doesn't need a waiver, clearly. He just wasn't getting enough ops until the end of the game, which was interesting. But you're right, and, and that was interesting. They called a timeout, and I remember saying the first, like, you know, obviously it doesn't matter if you really burn those. We know, I think, it just at times for our team, you know, certain timeouts in the first half do matter just in some facets that have led to like something that went wrong or something. So they did, I think they kind of, I'm sure they knew about our personnel and what we had to offer on defense. It's not like they were surprised, but we kind of slapped them in the mouth right away. They couldn't get anything. There were no gains on runs, everything. And then, yeah, it was you know a minute and a half. Next thing you know, they were off the field and then we got the ball. I know I just said that because of the first quarter here, was an interesting one because we know Nick missed a couple of throws and when he did throw, they got tipped. So you, you know, we were saying throughout he could have, he should have thrown at least two or three picks in the first half because they were tipped. But luckily, our receivers got them, and that's what kind of sustained a lot of drives. Austin P had a lot of um, had a lot of penalties. Noah, and I mean, there was a point whenever our first score was going to be a Ryan Schwindeman touchdown to Nick, but then there was a penalty on Isaiah, so that ball had to had to come back. And then, I mean, we ended up scoring after that. But again, it was that's the main thing of the first part of this game. Because I mean, heck, we you know made them punt three times to start. No, and we got on the board quick. Like I said, Schwind, it was good to see Schwindeman in the red zone. We talked about right away, and you'll get into one of our other touchdowns we had here. Um, we predicted a lot of X factors and a lot of you know in our preview and do only this game about even some dogs potentially. They all played well, and Noah, yours definitely kicked off this game. Like I said, Schwindeman, just seeing him in the red zone do work. It got brought back. That's fine. And you talk about how we actually scored in that touchdown, and then, again, throughout, and then even in the second quarter, our defense and one of your X factors um, came up for us big. Next thing you know, we were up three scores. Yeah, it, it sucks that Ryan, we knew he'd be a red zone threat and all year, and it just sucks that um, an eligible downfield player on that pass to Ryan just – takes it away and nullified it, but we were able to bounce back. Got a couple short passes of Jalen Benfield, sending him a lot this game. Vincent Davis, a lot of – saw a lot of the, the three starting receivers out there a lot. Not a lot of – that's what we noticed. One of the key things was Zach Gibson and Jay Jones. I'm not even sure Jay Jones got on the field. I think Zach did a, a lot more in the second half, but in the first half, those three starting receivers were on the field, and uh, you saw a lot of Aiden Quinn and Schwindeman at tight end. So. They just – we after that penalty, chunk it down, chunk it down, keeping Nick upright. Um, there's a targeting period, targeting, targeting penalty on Sidarius Doss, got him um, 
kicked out of the game and uh, just they had to take another timeout right, right around when we were on the goal line. And Rowe, one-yard loss, tried to get it up the middle. Justin Strong got a touchdown. That was a great play by Nick. I think you tweeted it out and I seen um, Stone say something about it today. Um, it was really it was a stone play. He was scrambling around about there and finally found once he got out of the pocket, found uh, Justin wide open. It was great. Originally, I think the real count uh, tweeted that Jake Bumgard caught it. So we've got a specialist back there that has a lot of weapons. Yeah, Stone even you're right. That was funny. And Stone broadcasted the game, which was great to see. And we knew that kind of a thing leading up to it a couple of days before. And he did obviously an awesome job just looking back at some of the highlights. He did good. And you're right. You said that in the moment. It was a stone play. That's what we remember him doing that one special spring COVID season. And he did retweet and like it. And he followed us back. So he appreciated that for sure. Um, you're right. That is how we did it. Justin Strong was really good in this game uh, for sure. And again, I mean, we talked to you at the time about takeaways. And I'll have another stat here when, when we get to a certain play. I know Devin Cowan was phenomenal. Again, we'll get to his final stats of what he had, but he had a strip sack in this game that Devin Love fell on that, you know, they weren't getting anywhere in a couple plays. Next thing you know, Devin Callum was back there. Like I said, Devin Love recovered. And then went down shortly three plays and scored. That was Justin's one-yard run after he caught, after he caught one. And we tweeted at the time, all he has to do is throw one, and he's already he was already well on pace to pull a Javon Williams because definitely Javon definitely wants. He might have done it a couple times. He uh, threw – caught and uh, rushed for a touchdown in the game. So Justin was active really. You're right. We did see, um, you know, the runs even for us were kind of there. You know, we talked about how it was kind of offensive line. We talked about who the starters were. Um, they did, you know, relatively fine. We weren't getting anywhere with the run. Nick had to throw a lot and make a lot of decisions. And we mentioned some of those iffy throws that got tipped that luckily came back. But overall, we were still finding ways to score. There was a little luck on our side. Because I went down to get a drink and just, you know, because there was some time before half. And the next thing you know, Noah, one of your X Factors got a pick six, Dune Smith. Um, and obviously, we'll get to something that happened with him later on in the game. But Noah, this was a great play. You saw it. I wasn't there. I saw the highlight of it. But in the moment, because the plays got really loud. And obviously, your thoughts on that. And I have a stat that Luke Martin had recently. Yeah, Dune, I mean, a lot of that linebacker level, that second level was absolutely on fire last night. And um, just this defense, I mean, we've seen in the re- years past where are they going to get turnovers and just help out this offense and better field position. And this time, Dune, um, I think it was tipped up the line of scrimmage and he, he just took it back, good blocking, got guys with effort to get downfield a little bit. And it was probably a good 30-yard return for him that he put in the end zone. Um, I seen uh, where – Dune dropped the ball, but I seen where Zach Barola he uh, snuck his snuck the ball under his shirt and ran up the sidelines by the cheerleaders. Nobody saw him, but he put. I seen after the game they posted a video today. Dune said this ball's for his mama or something. That's because Zach stole that ball. So because I just remember after the game um, on the post game they asked DJ if he got the ball, but Dawson P guy stole it from him. So uh, good seeing Zach take care of his teammate to pick up that ball and get it to the equipment guys on the sideline. Yeah, just speaking of that, that's a cool story. I remember just the one we'll get into our last touchdown of the night. Hopefully they got that ball because that seemed to be a really special one too. But I was speaking of Dunes pick six because, as we know, P.J. at Kansas State two years ago um, um, got a pick six in that game. And we remember Anthony Knight miraculously got one at Indiana State. Those were the last two we had. They were in the same season in 2021. Uh, we didn't have any last year. And that was one thing we – 
like we were getting by a lot good on defense at times. We stopped on the run in that sense, but we know our our pass coverage wasn't so good. So there were some moments, but we didn't have really any takeaways last year. That was the thing. We had no pick sixes, I think five total picks of the team, which is obviously a low. If we did a little bit more than that, clearly those games changed and did whatever. But the fact that we already have one this year and we didn't have any of them last year, clearly after the start you had last year that, um, you know, it wasn't going to happen, I guess. You wouldn't have many ops in those in those kinds of games. But John the Dune for that, you're right. He's He's playing with a lot on his shoulder. He did talk about after the game about he does wear the necklace of his grandmother and a lot of stuff. So, you know, it's great that Zach did that to get the ball for him. And so then that happened. So then next thing you know, we're up. And um, and that was the point whenever we, you know, forced him to punt again. Thomas Burks was still, you're right, at the start of the game, we were kicking to Cam Thomas and the coverage unit was phenomenal. And then Thomas started to kick them in the back of the end zone. Um no, before I mentioned that that strip sack, that was whenever you said earlier that Jake did miss a a kick, and that was really it was thirty five yards, and that was really because well the play calls leading up to that weren't very good. Nick had a weird run on third and four that shouldn't have happened. Next thing you know, specialists were coming out, and Ross Pedro I guess just had a bad snap. It was high for Nick. Nick it looked like he got concussed before he went out there and did it, so it wasn't really his fault. It was just high, and then Jake missed it left. So, you know, and I remember tweeting at the time, did that lose momentum because just after that drive was weird leading up to that kick, but we didn't lose any because that's when the strip sack happened. And then we mentioned Justin scored again and then and then Dunes play. So that's pretty much how the first start of the game happened. And then Noah was kind of, we kind of pulled away here throughout. Um, I mean, there wasn't really, we're talking about it here. We don't really go through the stat sheet. We were beating them. Time of possession was crazy. We were beating them in almost every single thing. Uh, which, you know, obviously everybody could have saw that to that point. They couldn't, they had 14 total uh, yards at one point, um, you know, throughout the first part of this game. But, um, you know, we punted out of, we got the ball out of halftime, got it back, and the no, that third touchdown um, was a pass that Nick found Jalen Benefield along the sideline, which, again, Nick had a lot of time to throw in this game. The O-line did do good and, and pass protection in that sense. Up to a point when Nick would hold it too long and then he'd try to run. Oh, this was a broken play that had Jalen up the sideline. I remember what was my bold prediction that Jalen Benefit would have a I didn't I I may have specified on rush. I think we said that that I did. It wasn't just a anything touchdown, and he had one here that was uh 54 yards. So I got close in the 70 or whatever that whatever I said. But no, it was good to see Jalen do something here. Cause like I said, we haven't really seen much of him. And then he was used a lot, and then no, this broken play got him up the sideline for that and take us. Take us throughout most of this game where we still kind of pulled away. Yeah, it's, and it's good to see Jalen back and playing. I mean, I think Nick Hill mentioned in the, in the post game that he was banged up during camp and didn't see much. So that explains why we didn't see him in the scrimmage we got to see. So, um, but yeah, he was just running a wheel route and Nick rolled out and he stopped and Nick finally had to point. So I keep going and put it right in his hands. I mean, that's pretty special for guys that obviously he got here in the spring, but. Um, be able to be on cue like that with a teammate already. Then he, then they finally get on the board in the third quarter where uh, they make a field goal, make it 35-3. I know at one point, I think it was a couple years ago in the Dayton game, we talked about the last shutout and everybody was making that a big deal. But they finally got on the board. Um, I mean, that's really when they started putting some offense together, obviously. Um, DeLillo with his – new receivers and trying to get some, just find something. And they finally found something, um, some defensive holding on Drake Johnson, which um, that's when Mark Davis went down. We were like, and he was looking 
holding his knee looking like a, it was a soft tissue, something in that. Um, but he eventually came back in the game, but um, they were able to find um, find some guys and get in field goal range and bend don't break, and we held him to a field goal, so we'll always take that in some kind of game. So then that happened, and obviously um, we got to see Isaiah Hardship's first touchdown back. It was a 31-yard pass from Nick Baker um, on a five-play, 75-yard drive. So that's one of those two-minute drive. I mean, that's what we see out of this offense. So that's another thing in the first half we got to see um, 14 play, 65 yards, six minute drive, just sustaining drives. And with this new um, running clock during, unless it's under two minutes in each half, be able to sustain drives and then punch it in for seven instead of maybe settling for a field goal when our kicking game has been shaky in the past. So be able to sustain, but the five play, 75 yard is what we're used to seeing with this offense in a, in a under two minute drive. And just puts our, but luckily our defense has been really good and deep so we've been i mean it felt like every drive austin p came out and we looked oh wait all these guys are on the field now so good rotations by the the defensive staff keeping everybody fresh great point and you're right at the start of that game our defense was getting plenty of rest and that's that's the kind of season we hope to have you know we didn't punt till later in the game as you said like we didn't really want to have to do that potentially that we didn't really know austin p kind of surprised us of how you know, off they played, or I guess it was a lot of us, but it was definitely like they underwhelmed a little bit. They had a decent crowd over there, and we, I remember on the radio, Luke Martin said that they, I think, were missing one of their top receivers in this game, but we know that, you know, uh, DeLillo was still a good runner, and he tried at times, and we were just getting after him. I think it, it, it says a lot about us, but you're right to that point that that's what we want to do. Again, we want to have our defense fresh because that's what wore us down in games last year. They just couldn't, you know, get off the field at times and we'll get into some schemes no I mean at some point we mentioned you know Devin Love played a lot for Dante and before we saw the young guys and we saw our three our three down linemen of the, our veterans that we've talked about and you were saying then you said it before uh, that's when they started to kind of accumulate some more yardage Austin P was because we were like you know you could get ran a lot in that way because clearly when you have um, when you have you know even the linebackers that we trusted they're going to find the holes and you know, Tim Barga was all over the place, too. Not only just Cal, we didn't hear much of Cam. He's, you know, he's that kind of nose tackle. So he's just kind of like, you know, whatever, some space with this big body. But um, Tim Barga was active. He was surprised because we said at the time he landed on the quarterback that would have get called in the NFL. He, he was all over the place. He's a big dude. So they were active, but they were kind of finding their runs. And that's when they kind of found it. Um, but overall, like, again, you want to sustain those drives. Yes, have. 65 70 yard drives depending upon where you start after punts or kickoffs last about five to ten minutes and give your defense rest and that's the recipe we tweeted throughout most of the first half of the game and it's you know you're accumulating a good you know first recipe of a win and this one until it started so yeah throughout the game you're right it was great to see isaiah because even he was catching passes where he was really good after the catch strong he looked healthy um, you mentioned again, you know, we didn't see a whole lot of receivers besides those three for a while. Benson Davis was in and out. Deontay and Isaiah were out there a lot. And it was really Aiden Quinn. He caught a, about a 14-yard pass, which was a big one. So a lot of Schwindemann, as we've said, didn't see a whole lot of Colton Hogue until you know, like near the very end. But Isaiah doing what that doing, that's you know, that's a great sign moving forward for this. But you're right after that, and then uh, DJ got his pick, and then we fumbled. You mentioned Isaiah, you know, Isaiah fumbled too before they got on the board, and then a couple punts until all of a sudden they were scoring, and they had some long sustained drives too. 
um, which that's kind of how it ended. But Noah, near the end of this game, clearly it was around the time too, because um, you tweeted, you quoted it, we retweeted it. Dune Smith is going to miss the first half of the NIU game, which is very unfortunate because of his targeting play. He talked about it after the game. But, um, Noah, around that point to the end of this game, we did see a lot more people come in the game. Um, we did see Hunter Simmons come in. Who else did we see? Because it was a long list because I thought there were guys that we saw that weren't wearing pads in the first half. All of a sudden, they were to start the second. I know we saw most, uh, a lot of uh, retro freshmen, but tons of true freshmen into this game. Now, what were some so we'll talk about in the box score, but obviously throughout some of these drives, after Doom got targeted and got ejected, we did see a lot of young guys to the end of this game. Yeah, it was good to see young guys. Obviously, we knew there was a couple games on this schedule where a lot of young guys could see it. And obviously, we knew Vinny Pierre right away. He played a lot on special teams and got to play some safety. We knew he weren't. He wasn't. He's going to play more than four games this year. Obviously, Ben Bogle out there at linebacker. Desmond Hearns was all over the place all night. Jeff Wells, Stephen Green. I mean, you saw a lot of guys. Lewis played. I mean, that's a guy where we thought high hopes and he, lot, not very many snaps for Lewis Wilbur in this game. So it just tells you how deep we're at the edge position. Seeing the Reeves brothers and a lot. So Avion Gross a little bit. Steed was all right. A lot of young guys in this game making plays and it's just screened and on offense you mentioned hunter simmons getting in got to see other guys got to see both true freshman running backs and jimmy athens and caleb wagner um got to see zach gibson a little bit receiving wise got to see dayton mitchell out there i mean dayton mitchell comes in and he leads he's ends up third and receiving for the team on the game so um good to see him out there making plays and like i said jay jones not sure if he's dealing with something but did not see the field at all so I'm not sure receiving wise because I mean we talked about it but like during the first half where we how do you spot like a guy spotlight a guy and give him an interview and Zach Gibson talked about how great of a camp he is and I think he played one snap in the first half so just weird because there's some red zone things where I think you could take a shot with him throw him a jump ball or something a fade and let him make a play with that kind of athleticism but didn't see it but um out of this, I like what I saw out of Hunter. Hunter, I mean, he he kept one drive one drive alive um, with his feet, scrambling outside the pocket, broke a tackle, made a guy miss, and dove for a first down. Then um, I think that's the one that ended up with uh, Caleb Wagner's first career touchdown. That was that was a very special moment. Um, everybody was fired up for that one. It was incredible to see. Hopefully, he got that football as well. You're right because we said he he looked like he dropped it. He was holding, then he dropped it. So hopefully, somebody got that. Surely, and just some more things thinking about here. You mentioned you mentioned Zach that he did barely play, and it was whenever we were down in distance in the second part of the game that we would use him, but still didn't really look his way. Nick missed a lot of um, open guys still, and you know we some other things we pointed out in this game. No, we were really good at blowing up bubble screens on defense. You're noticing Mark Davis did that a lot, um, and some other guys. Dre Newman did a lot when he came in at the end of the game. There were a lot of smack talking going on with Dre. And even Deontay when he was in there. So there's some little things you you scope out with that. Um, you mentioned, yeah, when Mark Davis went down, Drake Johnson did come in. He did struggle because, again, we weren't sure a lot about him going in. We haven't heard much about him. Finally gets in, does struggle. Um, but we think hopefully we'll be all right. Later on, you're right. Hunter did make plays with his legs to keep those drives to let Caleb score. Jimmy Athens was in before him getting downfield. Um, we did see a lot of guys. We saw Tony Williams in this game at the end. We saw um, 
And, and just think about how we saw guys like Brian Brown, which we hadn't seen really yet. He was there with guys like um, Stanley Bryant, you know, those young receivers who didn't dress either. And saw Al Middleton, who we know can impact this team. If you're only going to use four receivers, we didn't see any Cal Weideman, I don't believe. There's just Dayton, Zach, and then the top three-ish. So, you know, we could use a guy like Alan maybe if they just wanted to do it. There'll be games where he'll come in, I'm sure. But, um, you know, you, you see guys like that out there. And then you, and then pretty much on defense. You know, we saw Sam Presto out there before, you know, most other. Uh, they were, you know, they honored Kobe Ryan after the game, which a late freshman addition. He played in the game. They talked about him in the huddle here an hour or so ago on a video. I mentioned Sam Presto got in, a linebacker, made some plays. Amir Dwight came in, Carmelo Smith, Jamal Mathis, um, Ryan Shanley. We know he's not a true freshman, redshirt freshman. He got into this game, which was good. Devin Walton um, came in the game, struggled a little bit. But just seeing the young guys in general, and that just makes me think again, thinking of the luck that went back in the first half. Because I just remember because Devin blew up some plays on defense, got beat on some. And we did on defense, too. Our, you mentioned, you know, Bedstead was fine. You know, Iverson was fine. Um, PJ, there was an ounce of the game where PJ struggled. There was an ounce of the game whenever he did. I mean, everybody struggled in the secondary, and the quarterback was just missing long throws that could have, you know, kept them going and could have kept them in the game earlier on. So obviously, there's a lot of pros and cons in this game. Some that they'll touch up. At least they played well enough on offense to score a lot, and the defense was great the first half of the game. Before we see all these guys enter the game, and we'll get more stuff ironed out throughout most of it. But other than that, it was just a it was a really good special teams game. So Desmond Hearns doing a lot of great stuff, but mainly the defense was phenomenal and we scored when we had to aside from small luck. And like we tweeted, we wanted to see young guys and, and that we did know if we, any other things from this game, other than that, you can go to the final box score before we get to our post game um, dogs of the game and such. Yeah. Just looking at Nick Baker's game, obviously we talked about a little bit of a shaky start in that first quarter. Um, if you're playing a better defense, if it's next week, you probably end up with, I'd say, two picks in that first quarter, um, just trying to make plays. And our, obviously, with I think Deontay ripped, ripped the ball away from one of the defenders to make it a catch. So and then he missed Deontay on a touchdown um, in that first half. So a little shaky start, but he was 16 of 23 for 219, three touchdowns, no pick, only sacked once. I thought our line was really good. That's something we hadn't really touched on, um, obviously, with that offensive line and potentially fin with Finsky out and just going with Abdu. I literally like what I saw out of him. Then even that backup line coming in um, with Colin Smith, Aiden Logan, uh, Nally, Sam, Newman, saw Sam Newman at right guard. He came in around the goal line for extra. Then So a lot of young guys on that second offensive line got some playing time. Jackson Saley's at right tackle look good, the West Frankfurt product. So really like what I saw there rushing. I mean, as a team ended up with 169 yards. That's um, pretty good. I mean, I like what I saw from Rowe, obviously with the rotations. Saw Sean Lesser more than I thought, obviously a little bit more in the second half, but tried some Jones sweets with Vincent Davis. He had two for nine. The Isaiahs, the, all, all those guys trying to get them involved. But um, Rowe led the way with 39 yards. Justin Straw got 38. Both had touchdowns. So um, it was really good seeing the – Line, I mean, it needs to be a little bit better on some push and stuff. But um, first game, I really like what I saw, the run game for 169 yards. We can get a lot more, I think, in the future. Yeah, and I think what was it on Rose that they did push him in? There were those moments, but you're right. There definitely could have been more times when the whole line was a little bit more in that push. And just a lot – obviously, they weren't perfect. There were – but they were good overall for sure. And 
yeah, 170. I mean, that's four. That's around four as a team. And you're right. We didn't see Sean Lester throughout the whole game. We thought they could, you know, get him in there. But if they were using Jalen, Justin, and and Rowe, we could understand. We because we were looking, you know, thinking back to weeks ago. We thought we thought Sean Lester could be number one. That was all depending on health by everybody else and stuff and how good he was last year. But yeah, Rowe had five five yards a pop, and everybody else had their longest of around 15 or so, or at least in the teens. Um, they did try some sweeps. Vincent Davis, Isaiah Hartship didn't really get anywhere. Hopefully that those obviously get better because you need to use those guys in that creative way. Um, Noah receiving-wise, I mean, again, yeah, you mentioned Nick's game. It was a fine game overall, but it was a great game by Isaiah. As we know, we've said five for 80 and a touchdown. Had that 31 was as long. Mentioned Benefield's longest of 54, three of 72. If he... What did he rush for six of 15? If he gets that around, I don't know, 45, you know, typically with this, you know, crowded backfield of rushing, and then he can break out with a huge 50 or so. And just be, if he's like that full dimensional dual threat that we've said, oh, that's Justin, but that's all of them. They can all do that. But definitely Jalen can do a lot more of that. Four targets. He had, um, Deontay had eight targets in this game. And we mentioned how either it was misses or it was flags against him. He only had a three for 31 game. Um, but that's a lot of targets. So, like I said, a lot of underthrows or overthrows or flags. You mentioned Dave Mitchell had a good game. Um, and I mentioned Aiden Quinn, you know, one of 13 had that big catch thing was on third down. Maybe his mom was around us, um, you know, obviously happy. And there were a lot of, um, a lot of family members around to cheer on their guys. But overall, it was a fine, you know, receiving game. As we said, it was led by Isaiah Noah. Um, your thoughts on that if you want, but you can flip to the defense and who led us in that regard. There were, uh, um, there was just, when you look at these, it's surprising because you just feel like you see more guys who are active and then you look at the, look at the box score and it's not that way. What do those look like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously it sticks out. If you look at it, obviously Dune and DJ both had picks we mentioned, but obviously it's no surprise that PJ Jules um, tied for the lead in tackles, six total tackles, one tackle for loss. I mean, DJ Johnson, six tackles. He had two TFLs. He was blown up screens, bubble screens, and flare screens all night long. So um, Zach Barola, Brandon Combs, Colin all had five apiece, along with Dre Newman. Uh, Dre was really, really active once he got in there. Good to see him do, making making plays. Uh, he was big time on special teams as well. Then a lot of guy, a lot of the young guys ended up with some tackles. Ben, Vinny Pierre. Um, Desmond Hearns was really good. So Jeff Wells ended up with two. Stephen Green. I mean, Cam Cam Boudry had very quiet, we talked about, but two tackles for him, a half a sack. Um, that was that when him and Peyton Reeves and Colin all met at the quarterback. So um, we were – this defense made it so hard on Austin P all night long and made it really easy on our offense. Um, just flying around, making plays, what we expected, what we – what we've been talking about all camp long is Antonio, once he's taken over and making some small adjustments from what DJ was doing, I mean, just let these guys fly around, fly around, play freely, and do what they do. I mean, obviously, DJ Johnson was as, as advertised as that quarter one, so you're going to need him a lot this season. For sure, and it's all about how you're going to be across them. We mentioned the guys that were, and I say the secondary is the only thing you need to touch up. You know, you'll count on guys. It's the first game if they're going to struggle, but. The only thing we can really say about how the defense played until we saw those young guys in there um, all around play. You're right. And we mentioned PJ struggled just a little bit, but he, he did end up up there with um, some of the leads and those, and those stats. 
And we saw, you know, Shane Roth is a guy that we didn't really hear much of in camp or seen a whole lot of. We knew he's a special teams guy, and we did see him make some plays. I mentioned Desmond Hearns. So overall, it was just a, it was a really quality game. I mentioned Torney. Um, you know, he did, you know, final punts. I wanted to say I had it on me of what he did, of what his net even was. If the app would load it here, know if you had it too. He, I mean, he did fine. 37 and a half, I think it was. Yeah, and there were some where – it's funny, you were saying at times, like, we thought the Cam Thomas was a little, you know, further back than he needed to, but then, you know, Nathan hit him right on the spot, and there were sometimes if he, he didn't fair catch it, try to take it, he wasn't going far in that regard, but um, just a, obviously a solid game all around for the most part. It's what you expect. We didn't expect to maybe, I don't know, we expected to win. We said we want to win by two scores, clearly, and we, and we predicted that, but this game was kind of weird in how it went because I think we did kind of, shocked them at first with how good our defense was and how good we just came up on them right away and luckily we were able to score to get ahead or get you know away from them early on the game so Noah you're let's dive into some of our you know predictions for this game we'll always kick off obviously with the dog of the game and no there's there's a lot of guys you know on both sides you can go um you know obviously a couple guys who've got those picks who did a lot of stuff it could be just meaningful moments and even a blowout like this was of who could be on either side know if you would have picked both sides and your special teams dogs of the game yeah obviously offensively um it's great to see him back he did have the fumble but what isaiah hardship did that's the that's the guy we expected didn't know what to really expect maybe for coming off injury and stuff like this but he came in and was really good in this one i mean like you said five for eight and a touchdown um, that's a guy we're going to need. I would go with him offensively. Uh, defensively, I said it, DJ Johnson would be my dog of the game. He was really good um, at shutdown corner. They tried t- testing him deep, and they were letting him hand fight, and he was shutting him down and had the pick. Could have had a second one. He was mad at himself for not having that second one. Um, then special teams, I'm going to go with, uh, obviously, there's a lot of guys um, but I like Dre Newman. What he did on special teams is he's a special teams ace. We've been preaching on it for like feels like 10 years now how long he's been on special teams. And just making making guys, shoving guys, getting off block and making tackles. There's a lot of guys on special teams that played really well, but I like I, what I always see out of Dre, so I'll go with Dre the first one. You're right. He's been here a long time. And every year since he was, since he was probably in his first official season, he's been playing well. And he can slide in there in corner clearly and – you know, there's always so many options when we go with this, just if we go go different, um, even though I definitely agree with Isaiah's first game back. There was a status first game since November of 2021. It was yesterday. I don't want to say what the day is today, but yesterday it was 665 days um, since the last time he caught a touchdown. So obviously it's been a long road for him. I love that pick. Um, just if I were to go different, I'd go with, besides Caleb Wagner getting his first college touchdown, which was obviously, yes, a great moment and feel like you want to go with that because we mentioned it's not always going to be who stuffs the statue. It's just those moments. Like I said, it was a game that a blowout where you could pick him, but I'll go with Jalen Benefield because he can be that weapon out of both rushing and receiving. It was a broken play, but just the fact that he finds the opening and was able to stay in bounds and stuff, he was really good for us offensively. I'll go with uh, – I really liked what Bohannon did today, but I'll go with Cowan because he had, he definitely showed – you know, we talked about Austin P. They had, what, their whole offensive line back from last year, a lot of veterans – um, so it's like, you know, they, you know, they have a lot of familiarity with one another and their chemistry is probably good. And you have a guy like Devin Cowan who just comes and wreaks havoc and had that forced fumble and strip sack. And he's just going to be that all year for us, it seems like. So he's already on great pace. I'll go with Cowan. And 
you know, we're not going to go with like pure specialists here. Right? We're going to go coverage guys. And I just, I said his name a lot already, but Desmond Hearns, just because there was one play when they were on the side closest to us where Desmond didn't let it, the guy go anywhere. He didn't fair catch. He was going to run, didn't. He uh, got him by the feet and he didn't go anywhere. Desmond's just solid. He's turning into the next Dre because they're a couple years apart. Those guys are arguably our best. Noah, even think of guys, special teams. Ben Bogle was phenomenal on this too. He was wearing the big old brace on his arm or stuff because we know he's been dealing with something. Um, but he was great. It's just we can just trust this. And when Nick Hill did say that about trying, you know, starters, you mentioned, yeah, it was PJ, it was Mark Davis, it was Zach, it's those kind of guys. I would not like to see PJ out there, but you can trust him. And I think you can just you can go with a whole thing of younger guys and be just fine. That's what Gary's bringing here and that new coach. So they're just going to they're just going to it's going to be a huge facet for us. And as long as we kick well, that'll clearly give us a chance to win in that third facet. That's what drag us down last year, arguably. So overall, just a great game, a 26 point effort, um, a great way to kick it off. Like I said, kind of as we predicted, it was a great show. we got our bobbleheads. Jeremy had a nice showing on the video board. We saw some alumni and we saw the players after the game was able to, you know, as they were walking out as we were leaving as well, told some of them good job. And I mentioned earlier, we didn't, didn't yell at Noah and James said, oh, can we see you next week? Or hopefully we see the next week. And they, they agreed, said hopefully as well. We know that whole situation. So you never know with that. And we mentioned expect Doom Smith to miss the first half of next week. We'll talk about that on the next one though. Overall, a great solid first game. Your overall final thoughts. Yeah, great game. Obviously, that's where you want to start the year, coming out hot, the defense, um, showing they can be really elite and making plays and making it really easy for this offense and special teams being a lot better in game one that we saw all of last year. And then seeing 8,300 people out there, I mean, that's really good, special. Obviously, a lot of people showed up to get the Jeremy Chin bobblehead and great crowds like that and just hearing the crowd erupt and making – that's what the players live for. And just starting the year 1-0 like this and just making plays offensively, just taking what it's there, a lot of check downs, finding Vincent and the guys underneath. Um, this opens everything up. So it's a great start. This is the way it's got to be. Obviously, next week it's going to be a fun one looking ahead to that. So um doesn't get much easier for Austin P. They traveled up here to play us, and now they get to travel down to Knoxville and play Tennessee. So um, Joe Milton's going to have fun playing, slinging the rock against that defense. So good luck to them. So tough, tough start for them, but um, we got a tough one next week as well. You're right, and I'll take the I'll take the uh, the minus and the spread of that game. But Austin P. They and that's what we said too. We're hoping they have an awesome season. That's what we can push for in a, in a conference where they feel like obviously they can compete, and that's best for us. Uh, even a home game, first game of the year, it could still help us down the road. Clearly. And, yeah, a lot of people still stay to the end of the game and such, and you're right. I mean, we can mention again how important this game was, and we're glad we just, you know, you know, dominated them because if we blew this game or it was too close for comfort, we'd be a little, you know, well, if, if, if NIU would have lost, we'd be, I don't know how we'd feel, but because they won and we needed a win like what we had, it's like, well, give us confidence going into the next week still, but just knowing your next two games and how they looked, and how they're going to look at their first home game. This game was a must, a must win, and it's glad it happened that way. Antonio James got the game ball. It was a nice moment in the locker room. Just good vibes all around so far in week one, um, setting us on the right foot, being 1-0 after the terrible start we had last season. Let's hope we can continue it. We mentioned how usually we do it Fridays, but I'll be out of town for most of this week, and obviously, you know, with working Friday and going up to DeKalb, 
on Friday. We figured we'll do it in the in the evening of Thursday. You guys can aim and uh, stay tuned for our preview of Northern Illinois at that point. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out through the week. Obviously, Nick Hill will have his press conference probably on Tuesday, probably won't tomorrow, clearly with Labor Day. So we'll expect that this week. And any other news, we'll keep an eye out for the NCAA, everything with our players and everyone around the country, see what happens in this fresh week. Looking forward to, talk to you, talking to you guys again on Thursday. Until that point, I'm Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, see you in week two. Go Ducks.